morning, everybody. So we read this week the parasha of uh, Kitabo. And many people focus on this week's parasha on the 98 curses. But this parasha also has some beautiful blessings. My dad, Allah Hashem, would often quote based on this parasha uh, tremendous lessons in life. And uh, some of them may be a little on the miraculous, some of them on the practical. We have a pasuk that tells us in this week's parasha, Yitzav Adonai Itecha Et Haberacha. Hashem will uh, ordain upon you His blessing, the blessing, Ba'a in your storehouses, Uchol Mishlach Yadecha, wherever you send your hand, Uberachacha Ba'aret Hashem Adonai Decha Notenach. So the interesting word that we have here is Hashem will send His blessings to you in your storehouses. The Gemara, based on this verse, tells us something very interesting. Rabbi Yitzchak says, A blessing is found only in an object that is hidden from the eye. In a similar way, we have Tana Deve Rabbi Ishmael and Abarachah Metsuya Ela Bedavashi En Ha'ayin Sholetet Bo. We have Rabbi Ishmael, he says, based again on the same pasuk, that a blessing is found only in an object that is not exposed to the eye. So the storehouse is something that's hidden. You're putting the Berachah within the storehouse. Furthermore, we have that a person should make sure that when he does have to do his inventory you know my dad used to tell us you know don't count the money in your wallet because if you don't count then Hashem could make a hidden miracle add more money you don't know when you don't count the inventory Hashem can make a hidden miracle hidden miracle is much easier because a revealed miracle it's uh takes a tremendous level but a hidden miracle we don't see it and what, what's this idea of a hidden miracle versus a revealed miracle? I think that when we have a revealed miracle, then it's hard to deny. Even though we see that people can deny when they see a revealed miracle. But when the miracle is hidden, it's much easier to deny. And therefore, we keep the balance of 50-50 in the world. But people have a freedom of choice. So as long as the miracle is somewhat hidden, there's more freedom of choice. So my dad used to tell us, when you when you don't count, when you when you when you leave it to Hashem, Hashem could increase. It could be a hidden miracle. But let's go further than that, because he would also explain to us, based on this gemara, the same thing. Now there are times that you have to count. You have to do your inventory. You have to know. How much you made in order to give you maaser? You have to know how much you made in order to know what you have to set aside. So the rabbis teach Tanur Rabbanan, someone who comes to measure produce in the granary, he says a beracha before. He says, may it be your will, Hashem Elokeinu, that you send us a blessing on the works of our hands. After the person begins to measure, he says another blessing. It says, blessed is he who sends a blessing upon this pile. Now it's interesting that when we, <clears throat> we have a custom that whenever we compliment somebody, 
we should always add to the compliment two blessings. When we acknowledge something, we should add two blessings to what we're acknowledging. You have such beautiful children, Baruch Hashem, Kenyirbu. You have such beautiful children, bless Hashem, Hashem should bless them, and they should increase. They should increase, they should do well. Just adding the blessings, because we have to be very afraid. That, the Gemara and Tanit is explaining to us that when, when we have a blessing that's hidden, there we could have the blessing, but when it's exposed, there's a problem. The Maharasha explains that the reason why blessing comes only in concealed places is that those areas, the places that the eye does not see or claim, are the areas that are protected from Ayinara. And the Ayinara is invited when something good is scrutinized and when attention is called to it. The Gemara Baba Metiyah teaches in the name of Rab that a person is prohibited from gazing upon someone else's field when the crops are at their height and in full maturity. Why? Rashi explains there that the reason why a person is forbidden from staring at the field of his friend is that in doing so, he might invite loss or destruction through Ayin Hara. Oh. What do you mean? The guy doesn't have Ayin Hara. He's happy for his friend. So how is saying that it could still be Ayin Hara? And it appears that the gazing friend, even though he has no intention of causing any harm to his neighbor's property, there's something about the nature of Ayin Hara that comes through attention. Merely standing next to even admiring someone else's harvest can cause their yield to be diminished. And I think that's why we see so many people say, when they give a compliment, they say, But I think much better than saying is to add the blessings to whatever one is looking at it based on the advice of the Gemara. <coughs> but from here, we begin to understand that is not necessarily the product or cause of a curse, but it's merely the natural state of a result of being scrutinized. The friend doesn't stare at the crops in order to cast a spell on them. He has no intention to damage his neighbor's field. But his attention to the crops in and of itself causes them to wither. The, the ayin hara is in the noticing itself. And this can invite jealousy and criticism. Once the field is watched, it loses some of its beauty some of its value and some of its birth. That's why we always say uh, everything that's hidden, that's where the blessing is. A blessed crop is one that is protected from notice. It's not watched or evaluated. It remains good in and of itself. So what the Gemara is perhaps teaching is that a blessing is found only in hidden places. This is really a description of what has to be. Blessing is the state of being protected, of being insulated from the ayin hara. A blessed state is one where we accept that we have and enjoy it, without always counting it, without always evaluating how good it is or how much better it could be. I think aspect here is hasameach bechilko. If someone is sameach, is happy with chilko, he doesn't need to constantly count. Because 
But to some people, the pleasure is in the counting itself. I want more, more, more. I need to know how much I have so I could have more, more, more. So perhaps the wealth or the increase is not the beracha. Perhaps in a way, a true beracha is a feeling of satisfaction. The freedom from the need to evaluate or praise, to criticize and complain. And perhaps in Birkat Kohanim, we see this to a certain extent. We say Yivarechecha, and the rabbis comment in the Sifri that we're relating to this week's Perasha. Vishmerecha, may God keep you. We say that Yivarechecha, as Hashem should shower us with Padasa, with wealth, Vishmerecha, and protect us from losing it. So the Midrash is saying, protect us, Vishmerecha from negative forces. That is, Hashem is going to grant protection to prevent the spirits from having dominion over the excess wealth that comes of the blessing. And Rashi, commenting on Birkakwanim, he says, so that no robbers will come and take your money. For one who gives a gift to a servant can't protect it. He says, but Hashem is both the giver and the protector. So according to Rashi, what makes a divine blessing uniquely valuable is that you could trust it. If Hashem gives you something, you could rely on it to remain in your possession. If the gift is yours when you fall asleep, you can trust it's going to be yours when you wake up. More than the quantity of what you receive, the true blessing lies... It really lies in not having to constantly check on it. It doesn't require you to be guarding and monitoring and worrying about it. A true blessing is something that stays with you. We could also look at another explanation on this idea of the blessing. If we see the Akedat Yitzchak, and now we, remember, we mentioned that Rav Arama, when he writes a sefer, he's writing it to the people in Spain during the... 15th century when things were very very difficult with them and he's trying to show them that everything is not in the physical that we have to focus in our lives on the spiritual and he writes the true blessing the true blessing is that which is spoken regarding to the success of the neshama of the nefesh hatzlachat ha-nefesh the soul is that which is hidden from the eye. This is the blessing intended by what we see in Tehillim, that Hashem is going to give us grace and bless us. So according to the Akedat Yitzhak, the reason why Hashem's blessing devolves only on what is hidden is because He's saying that it's on the soul, it's on the spiritual side of a person. But let's continue with one more explanation based on Rabbi Eliyahu Dessler, who was Rabbi Abitahan's rabbi in Panovich. So I have the privilege of saying that I'm a student of a student of Rabbi Dessler. Rabbi Dessler explains that to most people, nature is a system that Hashem set up when He created the world, which 
everything follows the laws of cause and effect. But we have to understand that because Hashem created those laws and we think they're natural, they also have to do with a miracle. It's a miracle that the rain evaporates from the ocean and falls down on the earth in the proper amount. We take it for... for uh, we take it, we take it uh, as if it's nothing special. We take it for granted. But there's a miracle in every aspect of nature. And just as like there's a miracle in nature, there's miracles that if they would happen, they would be the same thing, even though they're not part of nature. The only cause in our system of cause and effect is the will of Hashem. If Hashem chooses to perform a miracle repeatedly to the point where we're used to seeing it, this does not make it any less of a miracle. So this is why Hashem sends His blessings in a hidden manner. They're to test us. Do we see the miracle or don't we see it? We will continue to see the hand of Hashem in everything or we start to believe that this is nature, this is how it is. And then what happens is even when we perceive miracles, we come up with an excuse of why it's not a miracle. The Gemara in Ta'anit is very interesting. It talks about a specific person and miracles which occur to him. The Gemara tells us about Rav Hanina ben Dosa and the miracles that he performed. Rav Yehuda said, in the name of Rav, each and every day a divine voice emerges from Har Horev and says, The entire world is sustained by the merit of my son Hanina ben Dosa, and yet for Hanina, my son, a cob of carobs, which is a small amount of inferior food, is sufficient to sustain him for an entire week from one eve of Shabbat to the next Shabbat eve. And I think part of this has to do with being Sameach Bechelko. This is a man who can make miracles happen and who's happy with what he has, even though what he has is very little. Because he knows what he has is what's being given to him from Hashem. Still, Hashem will protect the Sadiq in many ways. So the Gemara continues The wife of Rahanina ben Dosa would heat the oven every Shabbat. And she would make a lot of smoke because she was embarrassed and she wanted it to look like she was baking, despite the fact that there was no bread in her house. But she had a certain neighbor who wasn't such a nice person. And this neighbor said to herself, now I know they have nothing. What is all this smoke about? So she went and she knocked on the door to find out what was in the oven. The wife of Rahanina bin Dosa was very embarrassed. So she went into another room in her house and a miracle was performed for the wife of Rahanina bin Dosa. As her neighbor saw the oven was filled with bread and the kneading basin was filled with dough. She said to Rahanina's wife, calling her by name, bring a shovel as your bread is burning. So Mrs. Hanina Bendosa said to the neighbor, I went for that very purpose. 
did she really? And the Tana taught, she entered the inner room to bring a shovel because she lived with Rav Hanina Bendosa, she was used to miracles. And she anticipated that one would occur to spare her embarrassment. When someone lives with miracles, even if life is not great, they know that Hashem is still taking care of them. The Gemara continues. The wife of Rav Hanina said to him, Until when do we have to suffer this poverty? He said, oh, What can I do? She said, Pray for mercy that something will be given to you from heaven. So Rav Hanina prayed for mercy, and something like the palm of a hand emerged and gave him one leg of a golden table. That night, his wife saw in a dream that in the future, in the world to come, the Sadiqim will eat at a golden table. Each one of their tables will have three legs. But she will be trying to eat on a table that has two legs. When she told her husband the story, he said to her, Are you happy that everyone else is going to eat from a complete table and we're going to eat from a defective table? She said to him, What could I do? So pray for mercy, she said, that the leg of the golden table should be taken from you. He prayed for mercy and it was taken from him. And the Tana taught in Ebrayta, this last miracle of heaven coming and taking the leg back was much greater than the first, as heaven gives but doesn't take back. But let's look at the final miracle. The Gemara relates that one Shabbat evening, Rav Hanina ben Dosa saw that his daughter was sad. He said to her, My daughter, why are you so sad? She said to him, I confused a vessel of vinegar for a vessel of oil. And I lit the lamp for Shabbat with vinegar. <coughs> Soon the lamp is going to be extinguished. And we will be left in the dark. Rav Hanina ben Dosa said to her, My daughter, what are you worried about? He who said that oil should burn can say to the vinegar that it should burn. And the Tana taught that that lamp burned continuously the entire day until they brought from it the light for Havdalah. When we internalize this concept and apply it to the natural occurrences in our lives, Rav Dessler is teaching us that everything's a miracle and the hidden miracles are where we have to recognize Hashem. The miracle and the blessing is in the storeroom because if we really look with open eyes, we could see that every single day in our life, there's miracles that happen. We'll call them coincidences. We'll call them haphazards. We'll call them nature. We'll call them anything we want to call them. But the fact is that they remain in a way hidden so that there's plausible deniability. Plausible deniability allows us not to believe. But really, what's happening here? We have to see that nature is really a miracle, and everything that happens to us, we have to we look at it and we see the hashgachat prati in our life, and all the things that happen. We'll recognize that Hashem is there, and it'll take us to a far greater level of understanding and appreciation of Hashem and all His miracles. We pray that Hashem will bless all that is in our hands and all that we count and all the things that we do and all the efforts that we make and our beracha should remain 
hidden, hidden from the eye of the Ayin Hara, protected from the eye of the Ayin Hara, protected by the one who gives us, the one who gives us who also has the ability to protect us. Baruch Amen Amen.